0: How many of you you have ever felt like Turbo in this scene? You see how Turbo's kind of like defeated and discouraged. His cute little shell is busted, right? And he feels like all hope is lost. He's sad. He's hurt. How many of you have ever felt like that? Maybe uh, you walked in today feeling like that. Discouraged, defeated, hurt beat up. You know, this week in the news, did you guys hear? They announced that in the U.S. surpassed 500,000 deaths uh, since the beginning of this pandemic due to, uh, to COVID. And we actually officially broke a year since the first case in the U.S. I heard a doctor on, this week on the news, he was optimistic and he was predicting that by April, he thinks that, according to this doctor, things are going to be much better. He's being optimistic and positive. But what he was saying was that it's so important that we begin to see some sort of progression and back to normalcy because many people are feeling, uh, many people are struggling with, with isolation. And many people are struggling with the quarantines and being alone and and, and like not being around very many people not even family and, and friends and and he said there's something that devastating that there's something devastating that happens to people who haven't received a hug in over a year and he says it's so important and all of that leads to discouragement just like turbo on on the racetrack can you guys think about of a time uh, when you felt discouraged, but then God sent some sort of encouragement your way? You know, maybe a friend, you know, came into the, to the picture and shared some words that gave you encouragement. Maybe you received a text message from a family member or, or from someone at church that kind of helped, you know, bring you out of that discouragement. Maybe you, you cracked open God's Bible, the, the Word of God and you read through the Bible and you just so happened to come across a verse in scripture that really motivated you and encouraged you or maybe you turn on the radio and a song came on that really helped you or you listen to a message or sermon on a podcast or youtube and it really helped you it was like when you find yourself in that in that discouraging time and when you receive those words of encouragement of life it's like a fresh wind under your sails right when that happens it changes your attitude it changes your outlook it changes even your take on the world it it makes you feel like you can conquer obstacles and you can overcome adversity and difficulty whenever you receive those words of, of affirmation and encouragement, just like Turbo on, on the racetrack, down and now his little broken shell, and then here comes his friend flying on a crow, right? I conquered all my fears. You can do this. You can do this, right? When you receive those words of encouragement, it really does something for you. Now I want you guys to consider this. We've been in this series called Rebuild, right? And in this series, what we've been mentioning is that the people of God, they return home after 70 years in captivity and they see the the temple, God's God's temple, God's building is is in shambles. It's it's broken down, it's rubble. And God tells them to rebuild. And as you can imagine, a big project like that would, would obviously increase the chance or the chances of the people becoming discouraged. This is a huge task. That lies ahead. They had to rebuild from the literal ashes and rubble. and Not to mention there was threats from their enemies that were coming out, you know, threatening them. Don't you dare rebuild that temple, right? Offering threats because they hated them. And not to mention the hard work that it would take. We're talking about literal blood, sweat, and tears. This was literally backbreaking work in order to construct this temple. And remember this, that they had faced opposition before and for about 12 to 14 years, they put a stop on the project that God had called them to do. But today, God is going to give them some encouragement. He's going to bring some encouragement their way. Because he's going to notice that this is hard work. And so He's going to want, he wants to come in and encourage them to do the good work. And here's what he's going to do today to us, Swerve. He's going to encourage you. Because in this idea of rebuilding this, what we have to do, what we have to rebuild in our lives, it's not easy. It's not easy work. It is extremely difficult. You know, we've all faced different obstacles for the past, in the past 12 months. And God's call to us is to rebuild our lives. And that is not going to be easy work or to rebuild your spiritual life right? Where you once had a vibrant spiritual life, you were looking for God, you were praying, you were in God's word, but now all, a lot of those disciplines, you were gathering God's people, a lot of those disciplines have gone away and, and God is calling you to rebuild and it's not going to be easy work. It's going to be difficult. Our church, all the progress that we have made as a church over the past soon to be five years, a lot of that has suffered very much from the past 12 months due to the pandemic and rebuilding that is going to be hard work. And the temptation is that when we see all the hard work that lies before us, is to be discouraged. That's the temptation, to be discouraged. But God wants to encourage you today. God wants to encourage us today. Are you guys ready to be encouraged? So where do we begin? Where do we begin? We begin by acknowledging, number one in your notes, that things may not look great now. Things may not look great now. Things may not look great, you know, perhaps... Uh, in your spiritual life, in your mental life, emotionally, physically. Things may not look great now uh, in, the, in the church or in your community or with everything that's going on around us. Things may not look great now. Look at Haggai chapter 2, verse 3. This is God speaking through the prophet Haggai to the people. And he says this, Haggai 2, 3. Who is left among you who saw this house in its, say these two words with me, in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Doesn't it seem like nothing by comparison? Now I want you guys to think this, think about this, right? We're talking about 70 to 80 plus years since they were in captivity. Chances are that there were still some people alive within this generation that saw the temple built in all its glory. They saw it. Like they saw the God's temple and how amazing it looked and how wonderful it was. And maybe these were grandparents or great-grandparents, and they shared the story with their kids and their grandkids. And they passed the legacy on about, hey, let me tell you. Let me tell you how the temple used to look. Let me tell you about all the gold that was in the temple. Let me tell you about all the luxury. Man, let me tell you about how this temple was built with excellence. And it was so great. And we used the best materials, and, and we used the finest artisans. You know your Uncle Joe? He was an amazing craftsman, and he, his, his hands are in this temple. So can you imagine? There was people alive from that generation that saw it happen. And so God says, what do you see now? What do you see before you? Well, before them now, what they see is rubble. They see a big hole in the ground. They see the remnant of what was. They saw crushed dreams, crushed hopes. You know, it kind of reminds me of Ground Zero. I don't know if you guys ever went by ground zero before it was you know one world trade center and of course you remember the twin towers and how that looked i used to work in tribeca and uh whenever i had free time i would just walk you know past city hall and walk down there and just kind of visit you know century 21 and all the stores over there and i would go by ground zero and you guys remember what was there before one world trade center just a big hole and scaffolding and and, and, and I would think to myself, man, how, what, what, are they, what can they build here? What can they create? And it just seemed like a big hole in the ground. And the task that lied ahead was a daunting task. It was something that was difficult. And it's the same thing for the people of God, looking at where the temple used to be. And all you see is ground zero. Right? All you see is this big hole in the ground. What are we going to do? And so when all you see is destruction around you, listen, when all you see is bad news around you, and when all you see is difficulty and tragedy and hardship around you, then it's easy to develop discouragement. And this is exactly where Israel finds themselves now. They find themselves discouraged. And this is where we find ourselves right now. Many of us, we find ourselves discouraged. We're looking at the rubble of relationships. And we had some fortified relationships, some strong relationships, but then the shutdown, but then quarantine, but then isolation. But then I had a great relationship with a co-worker, but I haven't been to work in over a year. We we're all working from home, and now that relationship is broken. Or, you know, a family that you haven't seen or been able to see. We look at the, the rubble of relationships. We look at those, the broken pieces of our spiritual life. What was once a vibrant and thriving spiritual life, perhaps now, because of everything that's going on, has diminished. We look at shattered dreams and shattered expectations. Maybe you went into 2020 with all these goals that you had set and resolutions and 2020 was going to be our year and 2020 vision, right? And now what you see in the rearview mirror is just like all these shattered expectations, all these unmet goals and dreams. Or maybe you're drowning in worry or fear or anxiety. So I think it's important for us to be realistic. And acknowledge that things may not look great right now. You don't want to have a false positivity, right? Uh, Like so many, um, maybe you have or haven't experienced this, but within our Christian circles, you know, you'll say, you know, hey brother, how's it going? Hey man, you know, we're in victory, praise God. God is on the throne and I'm amazing and I'm great and I'm good. But then secretly you're just drowning in sorrow and destruction and hardship and, and difficulty, but you're not willing to admit it. Of course, the other extreme there is uh, that there's also the temptation to stay in our past, to stay stuck. For the people of God, maybe it was the heyday of the temple. Man, I remember when the temple was this way. It's never going to get back to that. It's never going to look like the way it was. That was a good time. And there's a temptation for us to stay stuck in what was, right? And to stay, stay stuck in nostalgia. You know, a lot of the conversations that I have with some of like friends that go way back, you know, when they talk about church and ministry... You know, a lot of the times they talk about, they say, uh, man, why, why can't things be the way they used to be? I hear that all the time. Why can't, they, why can't we go back? You know, that's, that's, that was the good time, you know, maybe in fashion. Oh, the 90s was it, you know, like the baggy jeans and the Air Force One. Why can't we go back to that? We're, we're stuck in nostalgia. We're stuck in, in the past. But I want to encourage you guys today to say and say this, and that is that God is at work today. God is at work right now. And, and guess what? You get to be a part of it. God invites you into it today. And I understand that maybe past, you know, in the, before all this, things were looking great. Things were going on the up and up, and now things are looking grim. But guess what? God is doing a good work right now. And that's why I love the prophetic word of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 9. Look at what it says. It says, Look, I am about to do something new. Even now it's coming. Do you not see it? Don't you see it, Swerve? Don't you, don't you see that something new is coming, that I'm doing something new, that I'm working in something new indeed. I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. So hey, are, are you stuck in the past? Or do you have an unrealistic view of the present? Because we understand that, hey, Things don't look great right now. We understand that. But guess what? It's not going to stay there. Because God wants to encourage us. And he wants to paint a picture for us of what it is he wants to do. So here's God's word for us today. Number two. His encouragement for us today is to be strong and to get to work. Be strong and get to work. To those of us who feel discouraged. To those of us who see the work of rebuilding before us, and we know and we see that it is a daunting task. God wants to give us encouragement today. And his encouragement is be strong and get busy. Be strong and get busy. Swerve, it is time to be strong and to get busy because God's work isn't finished yet. He is not done. Look at what he says, Haggai chapter 2 verse 4. And here's, here's what I want you to do, okay? Whenever you see the words, be strong, I want you to read it with me. Read it out loud, okay? In this text. This is Haggai chapter 2, verse 4. Ready? Even so, be strong, Zerubbabel. This is the Lord's declaration. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land. This is the Lord's declaration. What's his declaration? Work. Work. Be strong and work. This is what God is calling us today to do. He's calling us to be strong and to work. This is the encouragement that he gives us. Notice, guys, that God says it three times in this text. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Do you think he's trying to get a point across? Do you think he's trying to communicate something? He says it to three different sectors of society, you can say. He says, uh, be strong, Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was kind of like, like the governor. Let's say that he's like a, a community a leader, representative. So he says, be strong, community leader. Then he says, uh, be strong to Joshua, son of Jehozadak," And Joshua was the priest. He was the high priest. He was like, like a pastor, like a spiritual leader. So he says, be strong, spiritual leader. And then he says, be strong to the rest of the people, all you people of the land that's like the church layman, let's say, like the the church attenders and members. He says, be strong. And here's what that means. In other words, God's got encouragement for everyone. Not just for the spiritual leader, not just for the pastor, not just for the, the missionary. God has encouragement for us all. Here's why. Because everyone has work to do. Everyone has work to do. God has called us all to be a part of the rebuilding and He offers encouragement, listen, for each and every single one of us. He has encouragement for you. He has encouragement for me in order to continue to have the work. You know that word that is translated be strong is the Hebrew word. I'm going to totally butcher this, guys. I apologize. I'm not Jewish. I don't speak Hebrew, but I did a little bit of research this week. I have it up on the screen for you guys. The word is chazak. I think you got to like hack a loogie when you say it. Ch- chazak. Something like that. Chazak. And here's what it means. Obviously, the, like, the, more, uh, the obvious translation is it means to strengthen, to prevail, and to be courageous. So God says, be courageous, be strong, prevail, don't give up, right? That's what he's saying. But then also, did you guys know that this word is also used in a couple different ways throughout scriptures, and it also means this. It also means to repair, to uphold, or to hold up, and to sustain. So God is saying, we need to be strong. We need to prevail. We need to not give up, because the work is hard. Prevail, be strong, don't give up, because... We need to endure against the attacks of our spiritual enemy because the moment we take on the attitude of rebuilding, our spiritual enemies they don't want to try to knock that down because he doesn't want to see you working for the Lord and progress, progressing in your spiritual walk with Christ and in your and, and seeking out community. So our spiritual enemies in attack. So we need to endure and we need to prevail. And we need to be strong because the temptation is to grow tired and to be uh, and to be discouraged and to give up. But on the other side of that. God's call is also to repair, to repair what's been broken. So to repair those broken relationships that have been, that have happened due to to isolation or or distance or distancing. Repair what's left of your spiritual life. Begin to work on that. Don't be content with where you are in your spiritual walk and with Christ. Work on that repair. Get, Get it back to the level that it was. Repair that broken heart, repair that broken spirit, repair that broken mind, and find encouragement in the Lord. So God's call on being strong is to, to be strong, to prevail, to not give up, but also to, to repair, to hold up, to sustain. And this is why I love Christianity. And this is why I love Jesus. Because guys, we can admit, we can be real and we can say, man, I, I have a need. I'm struggling right now. I'm not feeling okay. I'm going through a tough time. We can admit our faults. We can admit our failures. We can admit our brokenness. And on the other side of that, of admitting that, we receive love. We receive uh, forgiveness. We receive acceptance. We receive restoration. That's why I love Jesus. We don't have to fake it till we make it. You can be real and honest and raw. And on the other side of that honesty is love and acceptance and forgiveness. Because we can be real. We can admit God enters. God enters our mess. God enters our mess. He knows that we are weak. He knows that where we lack. We're not fooling Him. But what God says in our weakness, He says, Khazak. Be strong. Repair because my grace is sufficient. That's what I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Would you guys read this out loud with me? It's a little bit of a long verse, but I think we can do it. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Ready? Go. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. I love what Paul says here. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in your weakness. So there's two things that we need to do today. You all need to do this today, two things. First of all, you need to acknowledge that you're not Superman and you're not Superwoman. You're not fooling God. He knows where where you struggle. He knows if you're facing discouragement. And hardship. So we need to acknowledge that we're not super people, that we are weak, that we are broken, that we are discouraged, that we are hurt. You need to admit that. And then the second thing you need to do is you need to decide. You need to decide are you going to stay where you are? Are you going to stay in your discouragement? Are you going to stay in your hardship? Or are you going to chazak? Are you going to be strong and repair? God's encouragement for us today is to be strong and get to work because God has given us a job to do and he's invited us into his mission to rescue and to seek and save the lost and to share the hope of the gospel. We need to rebuild the broken pieces of our lives. We need to rebuild the broken pieces of our community. We need to rebuild the broken pieces of our church. We need to be strong and get to work. And here's the last thing, okay? Number three. God's Spirit is with you. God's Spirit is with you. Haggai chapter 2, verse 4 and 5 says this, Work, for I am with you. This is the promise I made to you. When you came out of Egypt and my Spirit is present among you. What are these last three words? Read it with me. Don't be afraid. God encourages His people by reminding them that he is with them. How is he with them? He says specifically, my spirit is among you. And because my spirit is among you, he, I am present. And because I am present, you don't need to be afraid. Now it's funny, last year in 2020, I had a, a real cute little sermon calendar, you know, before everything went out the window. And on that calendar, I had a whole four-week series on the Holy Spirit. And I really wanted to study this third person of the Trinity, is, who's somewhat of a, a little bit of a mystery and sometimes understood. Uh, but hopefully in the future, we'll be able to like really take a deep dive into God's Word and study the Holy Spirit. But let me give you guys just a, a little of a, of a roundup, a little bit of a, a, a quick understanding of, of what is the Spirit's job according to the Bible. The Bible says that the Spirit's job is to empower us. The Spirit counsels us, the Bible says. He comforts us when we're downtrodden. He convicts us of our sin so that we can repent and turn back to God. He wages war against our flesh when our our sinful desires and our sinful flesh wants to do what's against God. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit groans on our behalf. In other words, He intercedes for us and He gives us the gifts. He gives us gifts to contribute towards the mission of God. That's a little bit of the Holy Spirit? When Jesus walked the earth, He told His disciples that He had to return to the Father because if not, the Advocate wouldn't come. The Holy Spirit is our Advocate. and Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would convict of sin, bring judgment, and to empower righteousness. And Jesus even told His disciples that through the Holy Spirit that we would be able to do even greater works than He did because of the Holy Spirit. So here's why we can be encouraged. We can be encouraged because God is present through his spirit. And here's what he tells you. He says, I know the work is hard. I know that you are discouraged. I know that you are tired. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because the spirit is present. And you know what's interesting is that for the the people of God, for Israel, He says that the Spirit was among us. But if you flip the pages of your Bible into the New Testament, there's a promise from God through Jesus that the Spirit isn't just among us, but that the Spirit is in us. Because Jesus came and He died in our place on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave, giving us forgiveness of sin and newness of life God promises that for those who put their faith in Jesus, the Spirit resides in the life of the believer. The Spirit of God who rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. And if that same Spirit has the power power to raise Jesus from the dead, can He not lift you up out of your situation? Can He not lift you up out of your discouragement? Can He not lift you up out of your hardship. So that's the encouragement God gives us today. He says, hey, acknowledge, recognize that things aren't great right now. We don't need to be like hyper positive, right? We, we can be realistic and we can tell God, hey, I, I feel you know, discouraged and I feel weak right now. Well, God is going to encourage you by saying, be strong, get to work. And then he promises that His Spirit is with us. So He's present in the middle of all that. So as we take communion and as we pray, we're going to pray these things into our lives, okay? And I'm just praying today God, that that, that God would fill us with a supernatural sense of encouragement today. Because it's easy to find a lot of things to be discouraged about. But by God's grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray that we can be uplifted and encouraged today. Let's pray. God, I, I pray that you would help us to not be unrealistic. Uh, also, but not, not to dwell in the past and to, uh, to get stuck on the heyday what what was. Lord, I, instead I pray you, you would help us to trust us for the future. And I'm just so grateful, God, that you, you know and understand our discouragement. You get it. So God, I pray, Father, that you would motivate us, God. Motivate us to get up and to work, to be strong, to be strengthened, to repair, to prevail, to not give up. We thank you, Father, that the Spirit is in us. So Holy Spirit, I pray you would rise up to help us from this place of discouragement, and that we might be able to catch a vision, catch a glimpse, God, of the new work you are doing, God. That we can join you in on that mission. We pray this in Jesus' name.